ComC.com is your home for buying, selling, and flipping all the hottest trading cards. Their consignment marketplace is home to over 26 million cards across all sports, genres, and eras. With a ComC.com account, you can purchase cards from different sellers over time, ship them home together later, or immediately reprice them for sale on the ComC marketplace. ComC reached an incredible milestone during this year's national by processing their 100 millionth item. ComC looks forward to offering safe and easy trading card consignment for years to come and continuing to focus on fulfilling their mission to optimize everyone's enjoyment of the hobby. To stay updated with ComC, please follow them on social media at Check Out My Cards on all platforms. To learn more about the exciting changes being made at ComC, please visit blog.comc.com. You're listening to the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute, a podcast where we discuss both the hobby and business sides of collecting. I'm your host, Mike Summer, and I want to help you buy, sell, and trade your way into a collection you'll love. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute. Yesterday was Saturday, October 16th, and we had our monthly local show. And I tell you what, every one of these shows just turns out a little bit different. Yesterday was a it was a great day. It, it was a great show, one of the better shows that, that we've had. Um, I sold a couple sealed wax boxes that I had gotten from the Montgomery Club. I had a, a big bulk lot of about 80,000 cards that had been sitting out on Facebook Marketplace for a while, but I finally got that sold and the deal got done at the show. And so the, the guy met me at the shop and he loaded up the 80,000 cards, so it felt good to finally unload those cards. We had a couple University of Illinois players that came as part of the NIL and did a signing, and so they were signing autographs uh, for local fans of the University of Illinois. We had people in town from two different junior high cross-country meets, state meets that were in town. We had the Illinois State University homecoming game and the, the homecoming events that were in town. So there was just so much stuff going on. It was an interesting day at the shop. A lot of new customers coming in that had never been in before that were in town and, and not usually from the area. And so it was just a, a really fun day of getting to meet some new people uh, getting together with some of the other local dealers and vendors and just had a, a had a lot of fun. This week was also another first, another learning opportunity for me, I'd say. And I always like to share these types of things that come up, right? Not everything is perfect. Not everything is a disaster. Sometimes things are just a little bit kind of in between. They could have gone better, provide a learning opportunity. And one of those came up for me last week with the purchase of a collection. You might have seen on Facebook, I made a post about having a lot of sorting and listing to do for 2020 Bowman Draft. And there's a, a guy from down here that had opened a few cases of 2020 Bowman Draft and still had a lot of the paper. And he had reached out, wanted to make a, a sale or, or do a deal with me on that. And the price that he was looking for, he gave me two prices, one with everything, including all of the big first Bowmans in it, and one with some of those bigger names pulled out. And the price I was able to offer him was quite a bit less than that. And so we ended up not doing a deal. A few things happened later. He added some more stuff in. I got some of those Tops MLS boxes that he was interested in. I said, let's take another look. Well, one thing led to another. He brought the stuff in, showed me some stuff in team bags and said, yeah, the stuff in team bags are the guys that I had pulled, you know, and you can see they're back in there. Well, he didn't explicitly say that he put all of those good players back in there. 
he had just said that he put team bags of the good players back in there. Turns out, I was under the assumption that he had put everything back in, and we were negotiating a price based on that full amount. That's not exactly what he had done. He put some of the good names back in. I didn't investigate. I didn't look through everything, and I didn't explicitly ask him if everything was back in there. And so that piece was on me. He wasn't outright lying, but he wasn't necessarily fully transparent, and I didn't do the due diligence of looking at all of those to validate, and I didn't explicitly ask if all of those guys were in there. As I started to go through it, I realized that they weren't. And, you know, so it was a little disappointing. Um, at the end of the day, I think I'm still going to be okay. I think there was still enough margin in there that I will be okay, but not quite as profitable as I was hoping that that deal might be. It also helps that I was able to get full market value for those tops sapphire mls boxes and so that gave me a little wiggle room my cash outlay was still lower than the kind of full trade value that i got out of those so that gives me a little more room from a cash flow perspective but the lesson learned is when you're doing some of these deals even if you've already got a relationship with someone it's best to just be flat out Ask the questions that you need to ask to make sure that you are fully comfortable with what you're getting and what you're giving. Don't make assumptions or you might get burned a little bit. Fortunately, uh, this will still probably work out okay in the end, just not quite as good as I hoped it would. I hope you enjoyed that little story, a little lesson learned, uh, a little thing that didn't go quite according to plan, and probably a little fault on both of our sides for not asking the right questions, and maybe not being quite as fully transparent as we could have been. Anyway, that's not the main topic of the show. We're six minutes in, which is pretty late for me to even introduce the main topic of a show today. But I wanted to spend a few minutes talking about 1980 and 81 Topps Basketball. And that set, that kind of classic three-in-one set that many collectors either love or many collectors either hate. And some have very strong opinions on how you should go about collecting that set. But that was one that I have put together and I finally finished, put the finishing touches on it here um, at the National or just after the National late summer. And so I thought I'd spend a few minutes talking about that set a little bit. Before I, before I do, it's a good time to probably mention and talk about Underdog Collectibles, the online shop run by collectors for collectors based out of Knoxville, Tennessee. They break online every Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday night, and they also have a brick-and-mortar shop in Knoxville near the University of Tennessee campus. You can go check them out at udogcollect.com to see what they're breaking. You can join their Facebook group to have some conversation about your hits, what you're trying to collect, what you want to collect, and join that community. And you can watch all of their breaks both on YouTube and oftentimes live in the shop. Check them out at udogcollect.com and tell them Wax Pack Hero sent you. This is Ty Dillon, and you're listening to the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute. You're doing what? This is a question that I'm often asked when I start discussing this 1980-81 Topps basketball set building project. As you've heard me talk about over the years and over many episodes, one of the things I continue to talk about is I have found that I enjoy collecting more overlooked or unique products more and more, whether that's food issues or other oddballs. These kind of more obscure, unique uh, sets and products are things that just start to appeal to me. And I think 
that the 8081 basketball set kind of fits that mold. You know, it's not necessarily obscure, but it's three in one nature does make it somewhat unique. And to take it a step further, building the set as individual mini cards instead of getting the kind of all together three card panels, that's an often overlooked way to make a collection that is something that you'd enjoy, right? Or to get some unique rookie cards of two of the biggest legends of the game. One of the things that I like about Topps Basketball is it seemed like they used that product line to really experiment and test some new things. You see some oversized cards. You see some very dramatic designs in the 70s. You see the mini 3-in-1 cards like we've got with this 8081 set. It, it seems like they really use basketball as a way to experiment with some different designs, and I kind of like that. That's really making me appreciate some vintage Topps Basketball cards uh, more and more, I guess, is a, is a good way to say it. Let's talk a few minutes about the details of this set. So the checklist of, of the 8081 set contains 264 cards, and that breaks down to 88 panels with three cards on each panel. That seems pretty straightforward, but not so fast. Topps decided to make things interesting by printing these cards on a couple different sheets, and they used a couple different combinations of players. So there's actually 176 unique three-card panels, which if you get them all, results in two complete sets if you're able to track them all down. And that size of checklist was a pretty significant increase over previous years. And this allowed for the inclusion of a few subsets. So if you look at these cards, the first 18 cards were all-stars and served as checklist cards. The final 12 cards featured a slam dunk logo, and there was also a variety of other statistical team leaders dispersed throughout the set. When you get them on the panels, you can't really notice that, right? They're all mixed together. Um, they're all jumbled with the, within the three-card panel. But if you separate them and put them in number order, you can see the flow of this go together. And I really like that aspect. All of the teams flow together. You can see this whole run of cards for a certain team when you put them together, if you break them up into panels. You know, Tops went back a couple years for the inspiration of the design. That's another thing when you look at this. Even though they're smaller, they look very similar to the 1978 Tops baseball set, including that familiar font that was used for the colorful team name on each card. There's a solid line of the same color that borders the player photo, and the name and position are in the lower right corner. You know, the, the, the key draw of this set is probably the fact that you've got Magic Johnson number 139 and Larry Bird number 34. Both the rookie cards of those players are in this set. But even more interesting is that Julia Serving, Dr. J, card number 174, joins both of them to make a single three-card panel, which is probably one of the big grail cards for many collectors, especially Dr. J, Larry Bird, or Magic Johnson fans. Now, Magic has another all-star card that's a, one of the checklist cards. That's number 18. And Bird actually has two additional team leader cards, number 30 and 31, that are found inside the set. That big Dr. J, Bird, and Magic card was one of the ones that I had been waiting on for a long time. But I was fortunately able to finally get it at the National via Kyle from the Wax Museum podcast. He had, we were talking about me completing the set, and I mentioned that was one of the ones I needed. And he's like, I actually have one of those with me, but it's a Franken, Franken card. So he had tracked down, or I think he maybe bought it this way, but it was th the, the three together, but they were separated already. So it was in one mag case 
all three cards kind of pieced together but already separated and we were able to work out a great price and that was one of the final three cards that I needed and it was also fun that I was able to get it from him and so that story goes along with it and so uh, thanks again to Kyle for the deal for for that magic bird and Dr. J card that I needed but that is a fun story of how I got that card or those three cards to to help finish off this set in addition to those guys, even though they get the, the big names and they get the big uh, attention, there's some other memorable players that made their debuts in this set, including Maurice Cheeks, Bill Cartwright, Tree Rollins. Um, and then you've got legends like Kareem and Gervin and, and Pistol Pete that make appearances in the set. So the question I get is, you know, so why build a single panel set and not the full, you know, three, three cards all still attached? And it's probably a good question, but it really started with convenience. When I bought out the shop a year ago, that collection included probably about 150 already separated cards from the set. And really, I just decided that I'd keep it going and finishing it off. Plus, I love displaying my sets and binders and because I like to easily look at the photos, read the backs. And if you use tobacco card pages, these single panels fit perfectly in those tobacco pages and it displays great in a binder. And the separated cards, or the unseparated cards, in my opinion, they just don't look as good. And so I put together a binder, I made a custom header for it, and I love to just flip through and take a look at these cards. It's, it's a way that I enjoy that set a little bit more. You know, plus you have to think that Topps intended for these cards to be separated and collected as individual minis, right? I mean, I'm sure that happened to some extent when they were freed from their original wax packs in 8081. But, you know, when it comes to value and availability, the three card panels are in greater supply. And I think they also, I mean, it's clear that they carry higher values, at least for complete sets and the Bird Irving Magic card. But one of the things that I learned along the way, which I found interesting, is there are exceptions to that rule. When I was tracking down some of these missing cards, there were some commons where it was actually cheaper to buy the three-card panel still attached than it was to buy the individual single common. And in a, in a couple cases, I actually did that. I bought the three-card panel and separated them myself. I don't know if I broke some kind of collecting rule by doing that, but as, as people often say, hobby the way that you want, collect the way that you want, and I wanted single panels, and I wanted to do it as cheaply as possible, so I did that. I bought some single, I bought some three-card panels and made them into single panels myself because it was cheaper than buying the single cards themselves. I'm not really sure why there's more full card panels available today than single card panels, but I guess the conventional wisdom would look at two things. You know, even though Tops may have intended for them to be separated after the purchase, I think many collectors instead collect them or kept them intact, you know. And second, because the separated cards look so different, I think in many cases, and it, it, well, they look different and in many cases carry lower values, especially for the stars, they were probably some of the first cards to be discarded when a parent or an aging collector was cleaning out that childhood collection. And that I actually know that happened in some cases because one of my cousins from Texas had that card and they had it separated, but their mom, because it looked so different, because it had perforated edges, my aunt, she threw them away because she thought they were just like 
fake cards or they weren't anything real or significant because they didn't look like a standard card and they had perforated edges. And so I think when you when you combine the fact that, you know, many of these single panel cards that had already been separated were discarded with the lower values that they've got with you know the fact that some collectors you know went ahead and kept them intact i think that's part of the reason you see a lower supply of those today whenever you've got a company trying something new with a product design opinions are going to be mixed like i said before people love this set or they hate this set but i love how this was a unique design and something new and it gave collectors options collect the three the three together or separate them like i've done and and track them all down individually so you know if you want to add some variety to your collection i'd say check it out take a look at one of the hobby's more unique products one of the other things that i like about this set is it wasn't just the cards but they had these pin-up mini poster team pictures that you can display in like five by seven holders and so i've got the full set of 16 pin-up team posters in the back of that binder too which is pretty cool and you know just i just really enjoyed putting together this whole product i also submitted this concept as an idea for beckett and so you could read more about this and see some ex examples of the pictures from this set and from my personal set in the october issue of beckett basketball monthly and so check that out if you want to read a little bit more and see some of the pictures from my collection the sports card shop is your small town local card shop with the global reach located in new buffalo michigan the shop is one of the most accessible in the midwest in addition to being an authorized panini direct dealer the sports card shop carries all major trading card brands including tops upper deck Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, and more. With all that new wax, a half million singles, and showcases full of graded cards, you're sure to find something great for your collection, whether you're just starting out or a seasoned collector. The Sports Card Shop is your one-stop shop. So call us, come see us, or visit us on the web and social media. Our phone number is 269-469-0140. Website is thesportscardshop at moco.com. The Sports Card Shop is part of the MoCo Retail Group, connecting sports, the hobby, and people around the world. Well, I want to know what you think about this set. And I want to know if there are any cards that or sets that you collect in a unique way that's a little bit different than what everybody else does or what's a little bit different than kind of the stereotypical standard way of collecting. Let me know by reaching out on Twitter at the Mike Summer. Send me a message uh, via email at waxpackhero at gmail.com. Reach out to me on Instagram or TikTok at waxpackhero and let me know what you think both about this episode and what other products that you like that are a little bit different or a little bit unique. That's all I've got for you today. I'd love for you to give me any feedback. Leave a, a rating and review on your podcast app of choice. That's a great way to let me know what you think about the show as well. And be sure to tell a friend if you like what we've got going on. Tell somebody else that you know that may enjoy it too. That's all I've got for you today. So I'll catch you next time. <laughs>